0: Man. You can be me when you look this clean I'm a classic man Calling on me like a young OG I'm a classic man also Checking in with Chucky up with Chucky and as usual it's your boy Chucky aka Charles aka CJ whatever you want to call me also on Instagram as Chucky to you Twitter as well Um, today we are going to get into a few things that I've been wanting to talk about, but today is special because like, I'm really resonating with the things we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to discuss situational depression, um, a little darker, but you know, mental health within the black community is super important. So yeah, we're going to get into that per usual. First, we're going to start off with, uh, the media talks and what's going on in the world. More specifically, what's going on with black Twitter, you know, the fun stuff. Uh, I don't know if the listeners of my show will be profound Insecure fans, but I am an Insecure stan. Um, so I am obsessed with Insecure. So that came back this past Sunday. Oh, I didn't even say the date. It's April 15th, five days away from 420. And we're going to be in the house, but we're going to be high let's just say that and i don't even smoke but like this quarantine has me eating edibles which i really enjoy because let me tell you smoking makes me paranoid very paranoid like getting high in general makes me paranoid but it's something about like not having access to the outside world and like not having to worry about interacting with humans where like i've been able to just like you know light a candle Well, first off, the edible takes like two hours to kick in, but I've been able to like, you know, eat the edible when I feel it coming down, light a candle, cut on my LED lights and just vibe along, cut on some comedy. And that's just like fun for me. Um, So on 420, I'm definitely. And media. First things first, uh, this past weekend on Saturday, Lifetime released, uh, the Clark sisters movie, which was really cool. Um, a lot of people on Twitter were raving about it for weeks. A lot of my friends are raving about it because they grew up in like religious households. Um, my family, we like, we're black religious, so we're Baptists. Um, but growing up, the only people who were really religious in my family were the really old people. So my mom didn't raise us in the church. Like she took us to church on like Easter Sunday. Um, my grandmother became super religious when I got to high school. But before that, like, she believed in God. Like, my family has always believed in God. But they weren't the type of family where, like, on Sunday, we were going to wake up and listen to gospel music. But also my family was, like, borderline dysfunctional. So, like, that whole functionality of getting up going to church and all that, that was just not going to happen for me. But I definitely had a phase where I was, like, borderline religious. So from, like, the age of, like, 11 to, I want to say around, like, 15 – I was really in the black church. Um, but I don't think I was doing it for, like, religious purposes. Um, so, fun fact about I mean, I'm not religious at all in my adult life. But back when I was younger, from, like, my preteen years to the beginning of, like, being a teenager, I used to always go to church. Like, I was at church every Sunday. I used to go, really, to be around my cousins from, like, the ages of, like, 11 to 13. And then I, I started going with my grandmother from, like, 13 to 15 Um, but then I just, I just stopped because I started experiencing with who I was as a person, I didn't really experience with my sexuality until like far ahead in the future. Um, but I just started seeing if it related to my identity and you know, like it's, it's no shade to anybody else, but I just don't know. Like I just, it just doesn't correlate with me. But aside from that. Um, a lot of people on Twitter knew about the Clark sisters. Everybody was raving about them. I only knew that one song by them and you all know what song I'm talking about. I can't think of it on top of my head, but you know the song I'm talking about. It's like the Clark sisters most popular song with like, it had like a Stevie wonder type piano, you know, um, it was a really good movie. I feel like it would have been even better if I knew or had some type of fundamental connection to the Clark sisters. Um, but it was really good. Uh, (laughs) I had this thing where, like, they had this one sister. Her name was Nisi, or her name is Nisi. She's still alive, and she has, like, seven kids, but she dropped out of the group, and, like, apparently they just haven't talked to her since, like, the early 90s, and I'm like, where the fuck is Nisi? So I'm watching all these video clips, so I took it upon myself to, like, research it, and like they, like, really disbarred their fucking sister. Like, she's not... Existing anymore, and I just found that to be super funny. Um, so I definitely wanted to have a hashtag where's niecy because we need to find Denise Clark and her seven kids. She showed up to the funeral yard with seven kids, and I was just like, Damn, girl, you left with two, and they were all boys. I wonder if she got more, but apparently, at the end of the movie, they said that she is a doctoral candidate and she, um. I got to get back because they're saying my microphone is too loud, but they said she's a doctoral candidate and that she is a pastor. So good for Nisi. Okay, but let's get into my favorite show, which is going to be Insecure. And Insecure was really good this week. Like they really started with a bang, even though I met at Issa Rae for not giving us hour-long episodes. They really started off really nice and really well. Um... This episode, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but if you haven't saw it by the time you watch this episode, you obviously aren't a fan like me, but I'm still not going to ruin it for nobody. Um, Insecure is basically about, like, you know, just being a millennial black woman in L.A., or or america in general and then like the shit she just goes through like you can just really relate to it like a a man or a woman but i mean she really makes it for women because fuck men um if you didn't know this is like an anti-man account as a man i'm saying that i'm telling you all this is an anti-man account and people are always having a problem with that they're like well you're a man how do you offend it i'm telling you as a man in america who isn't shit himself because i have done toxic things and i can acknowledge that i've done toxic things men don't deserve this pedestal that they're on um i support black women we should respect black women i support queer women and queer men um but yeah this is an anti-man account well i should say this is an anti-cis man account <laughs> an anti-cis man account okay um but with insecure this week um, we have Issa ray she's friends with Well, the show starts off with her planning a mixer. She's planning a mixer at her apartment for the black youth in L.A., and she's planning it with this girl named Condola. And Condola, like, when I first saw her, I instantly liked her on the show because she's also on a show that I really like right now made by Lena Waithe on BET called Twenties. And she's one of the best friends on Twenties. So I remembered her face, but I didn't remember where she was from. So I was like, okay, I know this face, she looks similar, she looks familiar, so I like her, but if out we come to find out that Condola is dating Issa Rae's X-Man, Lawrence, which don't know why Lawrence is still on the show four seasons later, but he definitely needs to leave, um, she broke up with him season one, He's, he keeps finding his way around, I Don't understand that, never will, but there's people out here that are Lawrence's in everybody's life, and if you are a Lawrence in someone's life, please leave these people alone. Even if you're not doing it intentionally, leave people alone because one, they're tired of you, and two, on the friend side, we're tired of our friends talking about you. So if you're a Lawrence, whether you're a male or a woman, if you're an ex that just won't leave someone alone Please leave them alone because from a friend perspective, if we have to hear your name one more time, we are going to fight you. Um, So that's that. But it was very weird because this week um, Issa Rae has like a really interesting set of friends on Insecure. So you have her best friend Molly and then you have their group, which is Tiffany and Kelly. I love Kelly. Kelly is probably my favorite person on the show aside from Issa Rae. Kelly and Issa Rae's brother. Um, But First off, shout out to Issa Rae because she had a sex scene today with a plus si- she had a sex scene this week with a plus-size man, which is really nice because you don't get that representation. Like we we love seeing plus-size people, plus-size humans in cinema or film cuz you need that representation, but I feel like you rarely see like a a fat man as a sex symbol. Like don't get me wrong. You definitely don't see fat women as sex symbols a lot either. But to have like a sex scene with a fat man, it's just so, it's so like weird to see that it was just like wow. Like shout out to you. Shout out to shout out to Issa Rae for that. Um, but anyways, back to her friends. So, um, one of her friends' name is Tiffany. Tiffany is pregnant. Tiffany had a baby shower. At the baby shower, she invited Condola. Condola and Issa Rae met at the baby shower. That's how they ended up planning the mixer. But lo and behold, Condola met Issa Rae's ex at the baby shower, and now they're dating. Um, so that came up. Tiffany felt like it was weird because she didn't need to tell Issa Rae that, and I feel like, fuck Tiffany. I posted that on Twitter. I'm like, I don't like Tiffany after that episode because that is peak fake. Like, that is fake. If your if you're friend is still hurt over a nigga and like you can definitely tell when your friend still carries when your friend still cares about a nigga like you can definitely tell um but if your friend even if they're not you owe your friend that much to be like well Lawrence met this girl at my baby shower and they dating and like it's up to your friends to not care but the fact that you didn't mention it uh shady um and then her best friend molly from season one i've so I took it upon myself last week when it was coming on because during this quarantine, we have so much time. I started rewatching from like season one. So I got to like season one, episode seven um, before the new episode came on. And I just noticed that Molly is so self-centered, like every situation is about Molly. Molly has a horrible dating life and she she reflects that on her friendships. She projects that on her friendships. And on this episode specifically, Issa Rae is having her mixer. She's really happy that she had her mixer or whatever. She tells Molly about the whole Lawrence and Condola situation. And Molly, as always, making things about her, projecting her own insecurities on other people. She calls Issa Rae messy and was like, You must like, you like, sometimes I feel like you like that messy shit. And I was just like, if you got a Molly in your life, you need to acknowledge those Mollies in your life and get rid of them. I don't feel like she's a good friend. I feel like she's a situationally good friend. Like in certain situations, Molly is a ride or die. But in most cases, Molly makes everything about her. So that's why when the episode first started, Issa Wave was like, "I don't really fuck with Molly no more." I'm like, "Yes, it's finally time. It's four seasons. It's time for her to get rid of her ass. Like it's time to get her to boot." We. Molly and Issa Rae have grown apart, and that's okay. But I feel like if anybody has a Molly in their life where you have a friend and they just wake, they make everything about themselves, that's not a friend you want to keep around. It's definitely not a friend you want to keep around. So, um, I guess Molly cool for a couple more episodes, but definitely it's um, F Tiffany. Tiffany can go. Okay. So, let's talk about what I really started today's podcast about so okay during this quarantine um, I'm pretty sure everyone's going through it so this is not me in any shape or form minimizing anyone else's issues but I can only talk about my own and like so like this past month during this whole coronavirus COVID-19 uh, BS it has just been very bad like bad news after bad news first off I've been having a bad year Um, so like I'm not gonna really talk about the details of like why I've been having a bad year but To say the least, I've been having bad shit happen every single month, like for the longest amount of time uh, since December. So, when I say like I'm just like mentally exhausted, I'm just mentally exhausted. And so, today we are going to talk about situational depression. And I say situational because I do have waves of like happiness. I don't think that I'm set depression but there's sometimes where you just wake up and you're just like fuck this shit like and and that's okay like but that's why I feel like mental health awareness is so needed in the black community I feel like it's super it's super important because there's so we've been programmed not everyone I won't say everyone that's me making generalizations and I don't want to make generalizations about anyone's life but I feel like in my community or my set of friends or with my family and my household we were set to believe that Depression doesn't exist for a child. You're a child. The only problems you have is school. The only problems you have is school and grades. And for me, that was bullshit because I started working full-time and going to school when I was 16. So all that was invalid once that hit. But I realized that I was going through things way earlier than that because school life, whether you're 12, 10, 8, it can be stressful. Because the same way I think parents or adults in general, we get older and we forget about the pettiness we faced when we were kids because we felt like it was petty but that's because you're through it and you're an adult but you also have to analyze that when you were in that situation it was tough it was tough when you broke up with your fourth grade sweetheart it was tough when you first started realizing that you were a little overweight and the kids in the classroom were calling you fat like it was tough when you realized you were different and i think that not validating those experiences in a black child is what causes so much trauma in their future. It is not taking the time to make sure your child knows that they're being heard and that they're important and that everything that they're going through is just as important as what you're going through. Because don't get me wrong, there's this much shit the child is going through? The parent's probably going through 10 times more. But that doesn't make your situation different. Um, so... Okay, so like I said, the last four weeks specifically have been really rough. But this whole year has been really rough. Like, every, Basically, I've lost everything during the coronavirus or whatever. Um, so this is why I picked up podcasting because this is very therapeutic. I like talking. I like talking when no one's listening. I've even built myself a whole little station in my apartment. Um, so I was watching uh, Grey's Anatomy so i know that i'm like slipping into sadness because i started wanting to watch sad shit more and more and (laughs) during this quarantine i definitely went from wanting to watch like all the newest shows to all i wanted to watch was old episodes of Grey's anatomy i don't know if it was the nostalgia of how i was feeling back when i first binged it or if i just wanted to get connected to old drama or if i just missed how shonda rhimes used to put her foot in tv um, which she still does, but she definitely laid off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I started back watching Grey's Anatomy and Richard Weber, who is the chief of surgery. Well, at that moment he was, he was talking about situational depression. He was basically, um, hiding the fact that he had slipped back into alcoholism. But when he mentioned that, I definitely had to Google it because I'm like, is that even a thing? And it definitely is. Um, And so, last night, I found myself really sad, because I got really bad news yesterday, and then I got really bad news again in the middle of the night. So, I was through it. So, I know that I'm... It's basically a self-diagnosis when you say, like, you have situational depression, or I know a lot of people on Twitter be like, I'm depressed, but... Clinical depression, you have to be diagnosed for it, but you can also like self-diagnose yourself because it's okay to notice when you're feeling different. And so Healthline.com describes situational depression as situational depression. And this is straight from their website, Healthline.com slash health slash depression slash situational depression. Um, it says, what is situational depression? Situational depression is a short-term, stress-related type of depression. It can develop after you experience a traumatic event or series of events. Situational depression is a type of adjustment disorder. It can make it hard for you to adjust to your everyday life following a traumatic event. It also, It's also known as reactive depression. Events that can cause situational depression include problems at work and school. That's number one. Illness, death of a loved one, moving, relationship problems. Um symptoms include sadness, hopelessness, lack of enjoyment in na- normal activities, regular crying, constant worrying or feeling anxious or stressed out, sleeping difficulties, disinterest in food, trouble, focusing. Um and when I read that, I basically thought about like every college student and how like this has to be hard. Or I even thought about more specifically class of 2020. Um, my sister was supposed to graduate high school. Well, she is graduating high school this semester. And I also have like a lot of friends who are supposed to graduate college this semester. And that is all out the window. Like their graduation ceremony is canceled. My sister's prom is canceled. And I'm thinking about if I were in their shoes, how angry and pissed off I would be. Um, but back to me also, I'm sorry to, to you all of you, uh, your accomplishments don't go unnoticed. I think I said that on the earlier episode and we are proud of you. I am proud of people of color that are accomplishing these things. You know, Getting a degree isn't that easy for us. And I just want you to know that we are happy for you and we are gonna applaud you once this is all over with. I've already promised all of my friends that are graduating this semester that I'm taking them out for drinks separately because I'm broke, but I'll get around to all of you all. Um, But back to me, so yeah, so when I received that bad news last night, that was like the hay that broke the camel's back. Like I was just over it. I I cut my phone off. I deleted all my social media. I was very just disconnected from life and I was just very sad. And um, I woke up this morning thinking it would be different, but I woke up this morning even more sadder. So I put my phone on BND. I text my mom, let her know like what was going on. Like if she tried to reach out to me, this is why she wouldn't hear from me. I haven't even told my friends, and so my friends are like hitting me up because I haven't posted on social media. I also have not said a thing. Um, so I'm very social. I'm an extrovert. I, I'm big on that. I coined that term. I love talking to people. I love interacting with people on all my social media apps. I'm very active. Um, So if I'm not posting anything, if I'm not saying anything, if I'm not texting people back, it's instantly a red flag. It's like, are you okay? And I don't know. Today, I just was very sad. I woke up this morning very sad. Um, So I laid in bed. I ate pizza for breakfast. I drank <laughs> drink wine at like 8 a.m. And I knew that those were all symptoms that I was going through some form of depression um but in this case i feel like the best word for it would be situational depression just all the stress that has led up to it and feeling hopeless um and just trying your best to just stay afloat and sometimes as a person like we definitely can be strong but We are all human and a human can only take so much. So we definitely get to those breaking points where it's just like, I can't, I can't do it anymore or not even feeling suicidal. Um, I know suicide is very triggering, so I'm not even going to get into that, but it's just feeling very hopeless, just not, you know, want to do anything for the day or just not wanting to, because every day I work out, I walk to the store, I'm very active. I'm trying to, you know, just basically save face and keep you know, a happy attitude and positive attitude about this entire thing, even though like our life is changing right in front of our fucking eyes. But I just woke up today, just not feeling it. So I stayed in bed, wallowing in my, you know, anger and sadness till around 3.30. Literally woke up at eight, stayed in bed till 3.30. So that was also a telling sign. Like I told you all, I had wine and pizza at like 8am, got wine drunk, fell asleep, woke up at three, was okay. So I woke up at three, and I literally had to force myself to get up. And I'm just like, I need something that's going to make me feel better. I know podcasts always make me feel better. And one of my favorite podcasts is Tea with Queen and Jay. Um, one day I hope that this reaches out to them. I hope that they can listen to my podcast. Um, but they they make me feel better. So I actually put them on my stereo. I listened to that really loud. I don't care if my neighbors heard the whole podcast episode that was an hour and 11 minutes long. I didn't care. It's good comedy. It's very therapeutic for me. I cleaned my house up, did a deep clean, and I um, finished setting up my podcast station. Um, I lit a candle, and yeah, and like those small things, they definitely helped my mood. Like they definitely were something that benefited my mind i'm still kind of sad but i'm not that sad like I'm, I'm knowing that cleaning up and doing things like that it helps me be positive it helps me get up like okay you can't you can't sit in your in your tears for long you can't you can't sit in your sadness for long and i've always been like that because i'm a very positive person so even when i'm going through a lot of BS. I try to do things that are good coping mechanisms, like cleaning up. I can't sit in mess. If I'm sitting in mess and I'm sad, it's going to make me sadder. Um, listening to positive things, watching positive things, watching comedy, listening to podcasts, researching, doing homework. So things like that, just making sure that I'm staying intact. I like structure. This quarantine has taught me that I like structure. I don't know about other people, but I think good coping mechanisms will be working out, definitely working out Um, isolating yourself is only healthy if you're a person like me who's super social and you need to take a step back from interacting with the public. That's what I do when I'm sad because I don't want to project my sadness onto others. So when I'm going through it, I don't want to go on Facebook and Twitter and make a bunch of sad things and a whole bunch of people reaching out to me because it definitely puts a damper on their mood. And I know in times like this, this is a very hard time for a lot of people. So that's when I took the step back to focus on myself and, you know, do what I need to do. I don't think isolating yourself is good for people who typically are introverts and isolate themselves a lot. I don't think that that's that healthy because you do need some sort of support. And I know in my case, Um, I'm privileged enough to know that if I had to talk about my emotions or anything with all of my friends, I have a really supportive group of friends or family members who will actually sit and listen to me. And I know a lot of people don't have that. And there is a bunch of hotlines for that. And like I said, my Instagram and Twitter is at Chucky T U C H U C K I E T O Y O U. C-H-U-C-K-I-E-T-O-Y-O-U. And if any of you all ever wanted to talk, my DMs are open. I love uh, talking to people. As I said, I'm an extrovert, but if you feel like you don't have that support, I don't think isolating yourself even more is really helpful in these situations. I think that you definitely need a place to vent, which is why I'm happy I started this podcast because me doing this podcast right now was me venting. Um, It is a intrapersonal conversation because I'm technically talking to myself, but I am going to release this one day and hopefully it'll help somebody, but that's what happened with me today. Uh, I'm going to be okay. Um, I'm just doing, you know, the small things to make sure I'm feeling good, feeling healthy. I'm gonna take a shower in a second, do a face mask. Um, like I said, I might hit up the edible man, but I don't know. Being a sad and high is just not it for me. Okay, but <laughs> on other news, I definitely spent the bulk of my time already, but it was. One thing I wanted to talk about, and it was cool, but I was also, I had a problem with it, but I don't know. So I'm in this communication class, and I know that like white liberals are the bulk of professors now. Like a lot of professors are very, you know, progressive white people who fought for the cause when they were in college, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm in this one class specifically called communication technologies. And we talk about these different forms and outlets online. And my professor, I'm pre- he's white. It's an online class, but he's white. And he gave us, like, every week he gives us a different article. And this week, we were talking about online identity. But what he put for the lesson was, mind you, the class is like 300 people. And UIC, I mean, it's diverse, but I'm pretty sure in that 300 people is not that many black people. He put a video about online barbershops and barbershops in the black community and it was an article about how blogs and twitter and things of that nature are basically central to or similar to black barbershops in modern times which it was super interesting but i don't i just i don't know i have a problem with how much access the outside world or non-blacks are getting to black culture. Like I really, I really don't like how we are forced to share our culture with everyone else. But when it comes to other cultures, it's up to us to learn about it. Um, And the article was written by a black person, but I don't know if in context, because also on top of, I should add, on top of reading the article, we're supposed to post our opinions on the article. And I really don't want to read the comment on the article because i feel like they'll be very triggering because there's also this whole mantra that what about us? what about us? Okay, this article is about black barbershops and the african diaspora and black um, linguistics and you know ebonics and things of that nature, but you have those people who are going to be like, well in my community, well with us and and that's just very it's it's not we're not gaining anything from that. So I don't, I had a problem with him sharing that to the class because I knew the type of reaction the class would have, if that makes sense. And I just didn't want to deal with it. Like, I'm grateful that he gave it to me because it was a great read. And I mean, I knew most of those things. And it was basically talking about how, like, black people have formed our own community within every website that we've been on since the beginning of time. Like, no matter what the website is, we're going to form our own community. But that's just how the world has worked for us. No matter what time period or what era we're in, black people have formed our own culture. And I mean, it's usually the best one, uh, hair flip. But I had a problem with having to feel like we had to share that part of our, you know, our culture. And and then the fact that there's full studies on this and people are doing deep analysis on black twitter and things of that nature when it's just black people we're tired of code switching so we just interact with each other and we are usually the face of all social media and we're usually the face of all sales and of culture period like that clark sisters movie a little article came out saying that we gave lifetime the most views they've had in four years a damn movie about a gospel group And it's just, I don't know. And it's also, it just ties into like the world and their, their lack of gratification for black people with their obsession with our culture. But, you know, that's an episode. That's another episode. I won't get into that thing. Um, but I did want to add a new segment to my podcast called Manifestations. Um, I want to manifest a lot of things, um, but I definitely manifest happiness. I definitely manifest, um, becoming smarter and becoming healthier. I definitely manifest that my family, you know, stay strong, you know, run into some money. I just, I just manifest being positive and being happy. And, you know, I hope you all, when you all are listening to this, you think about your manifestations and just know that you have the ability to receive and do anything because you deserve anything and everything you desire. Um, so I definitely wanted to take a time to just do manifestations and just talk about the things that I aspire and the things that I want in the future. Um, and then my last note to you all is the fact that I know that this is hard and that these times is hard and that even when this is in, when this over when this is over with oh my god i can't talk when this is over with and we're all back to our regular lives quotations around regular because i don't think regular life will start back after this but when we're back out and we're back working and we're back busy just know that you deserve to be happy um, i would say that being happy isn't a decision but we all know that tying into to this episode and mental health and things of that nature. It's definitely not. There's outlying factors that definitely can affect that. Um, but I decide to be happy, and I hope that you decide to be happy. And even if those outside forces are stopping you from being happy, such as the ones that are stopping me today, just know that if you if you keep that optimistic outlook and just you know keep trying. I know a lot of people don't want to keep trying, and it's that sense of hopelessness, and you feel like you can't go on. I get it, but we need you. We need you. You can't you can't check out us on us. You can't. You can't. And not that's not even, you know, on some some dark stuff. It's just you know, a lot of people can mentally check out and just give up. Like you give up on your dreams, you you give up on work, you give up on school. It's just a lot of people just give up. And I get it. I've done it before. But we we can't do that. We can't. We got shit to do. We got shit to do. So I have decided to be happy. And I hope you all decide to be happy, choose happiness, whether that's your love life, whether that's your school life, whether that's your work life, choose happiness, choose you. And I thank you all again for checking in. This is episode four. I definitely had a previous episode on Instagram live, but this is episode four. And thank you all again for checking in with me as always. It's always a pleasure. And this is Chopping it up with Chucky. Y'all have a good week and I'ma talk to y'all after 420. Make sure y'all you get you me when you look this clean. I'm a classic. Man. calling on me like a young OG, I'm a classic.